eternal life. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the joy of being together, of being gathered together. Lord, you are the one who gathers us by your Holy Spirit. You are the one who calls and enlightens and sanctifies us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. And so, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open today. Open our hearts so that we could receive, so that we may receive the resurrected Jesus. Lord, uh, if we have a true understanding of conversion, uh, each and every one of us acknowledges, me included, the preacher, the pastor, acknowledges that I too today need to be converted again, that I need to turn to you again and find that, that in you, everything that I need is found in you. Lord, as many things have been taken from us through these, these difficult times of the pandemic, Lord, remind us that if, if, if everything is taken from us, even our very lives, if we have nothing but you, we have everything. So help us today to rest in that reality and to understand what it means to live as a child of God, redeemed by the resurrected Christ. So give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ makes life full, makes life full. And I'd like for us today to turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 16, and I invite you to stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. The Gospel of St. Mark, the 16th chapter, beginning with the first verse, and we'll be reading through uh, to verse 16. So when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. That is, anoint Jesus. That was a custom that they would go and anoint uh, the dead with spices. Verse 2, and very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Verse 9. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, he appeared to another, in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, 
And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The resurrection of Jesus makes life full. There are so many things in life that fill me up. Uh, Seeing my daughter dance up here in front of uh, the church, that's something that makes my life full. Having family, man, something that makes my life full. Being out in God's creation, that, that makes my life full. What makes your life full? What makes you full? So many things. And I believe that, that this pandemic, that the difficulty that we have been through in the last year has caused us to really reflect upon what makes life full because so many of those things have been taken from us. So many of those things that make life full have been taken from us. How many of you missed things that this past year that, that really made your life full and and, and you w- wish you could have had those things this year. I think each and every one of us have. Uh, so many people have been separated from loved ones. We have people from our own congregation who have been in care facilities. And even the, the very touch or the smile of loved ones was taken from, from them. So those things that make life full, many of them actually are not guaranteed to us. And I think the pandemic has, has proved that. Many of those things are not guaranteed to us. So what makes your life full? Are those things promised to you for eternity? Are you promised those things for all of eternity? You won't always have loved ones. But those who trust in Jesus Christ, who trust in the crucified and risen Savior, know that everlasting life is theirs and that even that that separation from loved ones is not permanent but it's temporary because Christ is risen they too are risen from the dead. Tolian Chavidian, a preacher, said it best I think. He says Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Did you get that? Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So in other words if you have Jesus and you lose everything you really have everything that you need. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And it's my prayer that I, I would really come to the, to, the, to the place in my life where I could say that with true confidence, that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Because to be quite honest with you right now, I, I'm living with an attachment to worldly things. And I, and I still believe that I need these things in order for my life to be full. So, so I pray that, that Jesus would bring me to that point where I can truly say with enthusiasm that for me, Jesus plus nothing is everything. I know it's true, but it's so hard to live it because we're so attached to this temporary world. So Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So are you saying that the Christians will never grieve? Oh, no, Christians, we, we grieve, right? Each and every one of us grieve. We grieve at the grave of loved ones. We grieve when we can't enjoy life as normal. Christians grieve, 
But we should be those that grieve with great hope. We do not grieve as those who have no hope, but we grieve with hope because we have faith in the reality of a greater principle, a greater reality, and that's the reality of resurrection. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you are resurrection people. Not only is Jesus raised, but you too are raised. So when you grieve, do not grieve as those who have no hope. Grieve in the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So grieve with faith that Jesus was raised from the grave and faith that we will rise from the grave. Faith that, faith that death itself will one day die giving way to everlasting life. Faith that everything that has caused us to suffer, those things that cause us to suffer will actually suffer death and we will live forever. Did you know that Jesus, if Jesus did not, had not risen from the dead, if Jesus is not raised, that Christianity really doesn't have a whole lot to offer? If Jesus is still in the grave today, Christianity doesn't really have a whole lot to offer. Christianity has everything to offer because, but because Jesus is risen indeed, Christianity does indeed have everything to offer. Let's look at what the Apostle Paul wrote about the resurrection of Jesus and, and of your resurrection. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 22, it's up on the screen. So here the Apostle Paul writes, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? You, think, you see, things really haven't changed in this world, right? People back then doubted the resurrection of the dead and People today still doubt the resurrection of the dead. In verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching, look at, listen to this, our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If, if Jesus is not resurrected from the dead, then even your faith is in vain. Verse 15, we are, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is what? Your faith is futile. If Christ isn't raised from the dead, your faith is pointless. It's meaningless. And you're still in your sins. Verse 18 then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Fallen asleep. That's the New Testament way of saying, of, of speaking of death. See, the Christian has such, such faith in the resurrection that we speak of death as being as temporary as taking a nap. For the Christian, death is, is temporary. It is not permanent. And if Christ isn't raised from the dead, then those also who have fallen asleep or have died in Christ, they have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first of those who are raised 
Verse 21, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. By a man came death. That is Adam. In Adam's sin we all die. And by a man, that's Jesus, has come also the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. In Christ shall all be made alive. And that's you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And therefore you are risen indeed. So Jesus makes life full. The resurrected Jesus makes life full. But why is that? Why does the resurrection of Jesus make life truly full? Well, I have a couple of points here. Number one, the resurrection proves that Jesus is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. The resurrection of Jesus proves that he is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. You can have confidence following Jesus. If Jesus is not raised, then then he really isn't worth following. Why? Because he really isn't the one he claimed to be. Did you know that Jesus made some really big statements about himself? Jesus made some big statements about his identity. He said, I am the way and the truth and the light. And he said that no one comes to the Father except through him. Big statements. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, then none of those statements stand. So Jesus, he claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed that he is indeed God's Son. When people would bow down and worship Jesus, he didn't stop them. But he allowed them to to bow before him in worship and adoration. Which for a, a Jewish person who believes that there is only one God, that is blasphemous. But because he is true God, he is worthy of our worship. And he was worthy of their worship. And Jesus himself claimed divinity. In John 8, 58, Jesus said these words. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was... I am. I am. And that term, I am, is a term used for God alone. So Jesus claimed to be true God before Abraham. I was. Before Abraham was, I am. So he performed miracles. He healed the sick. He opened the eyes of the blind. He opened the ears of the deaf. He calmed, calmed the storm and made the dead to live again. Jesus is true God. And then he himself was raised to life. He indeed is the way, the truth, and the life. You can follow him with confidence. Are you following Jesus today? I think social media has has made that word follow uh, totally uh, misconstrued now. You can follow somebody on social media, right? But are you really following them? Jesus says, follow me, listen to me, trust in me, learn from me, and let your life be transformed by me. He is indeed the way, the truth, 
and the life. So you can have a full life today through faith in Jesus Christ. But if you don't know the way, if you don't know the truth, if you don't know the life, how can you have a full life? How can you have a full life if you don't know what the way is, if you don't know what the truth is, and if you don't know that you have life everlasting? Today, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can follow Jesus, knowing that He is the way, that He is the truth, and that He is the life. So the call today is to repent. The Bible uses an old word, be converted. That means to turn, turn from sin, and trust in Jesus Christ today. Trust in Him. Don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in this world. Trust in Jesus as your Savior today. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrected Savior who went to the cross for you and rose again for you. So why does the resurrection of Jesus make life full today? Number one, the resurrection of Jesus proves that he is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. And then number two, the resurrection of Jesus proves that you are saved from the consequences of your sins. Today you are saved from the consequences of your sins. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Those listening to me today, you who trust in Jesus, those of you who trust in Jesus as your Savior, trust in Jesus as the one who who died for your sins and who was raised from the dead, you are saved. Your sins are forgiven. Your guilt is forgiven has been removed. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, he wouldn't have power to forgive you. And he wouldn't have power to bestow upon you the gift of everlasting life. Jesus spoke four words that bugged the heck out of the religious leaders. Four words that bugged the heck out of the religious leaders. Those four words, your sins are forgiven. The religious leaders hated it when Jesus said that. Your sins are forgiven. The religious leaders, the scribes, they thought in their hearts, why does this man, Jesus, why does he speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? That's a good question. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Only God can forgive your sins. But Jesus, he is the second person of the Holy Trinity, and he is true God. And when he says, I forgive you, you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. So the resurrection of Jesus proves that you are saved from the consequences of your sins. You who believe, trusting in Jesus, can know without a shadow of a doubt that you are forgiven. You're saved from the consequences of your sins. It's not by your own works. It's not by your own goodness or your own good deeds or your religious devotion. You are saved by the death and resurrection of Jesus. 
Did you know that you cannot live life to the full with a guilty conscience? You can't live life to the full with a guilty conscience. No one can live, can live at peace with the, the burden of guilt heavy upon the heart. Many people whom God brings to faith in Jesus experience something like a weight that lifts from their shoulders or a weight that lifts from their, their, their chest. They had no idea that there was this thing weighing them down and it's the guilt of sin. And you've been there. You go to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again for me. And I believe that you can offer me the forgiveness of sins. You have felt that weight lift from you. I just felt it the other day, going before Jesus with the guilt of my sin and saying, Lord, forgive me. And he forgives. He lifts the weight from your heart. And you're free. You're free from the burden, the guilt of your sin. You're free in Jesus. But be, and it's because by his death and resurrection, Jesus has the power to save you from the consequences of your sins. So why does the resurrection of Jesus make life truly full? The resurrection of Jesus, number one, proves that he is the way and the truth and the life. The resurrection of Jesus proves that you are saved from the consequences of your sins. And number three, the resurrection of Jesus proves your victory over death. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, and by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. One of the most difficult realities of living is, is the reality of our coming death. It's hard to think about losing a loved one or leaving loved ones behind. When it comes to living in this, this uh, present world, you know that none of us are getting out of here alive, right? Death became a reality through the sin of Adam. St. Paul says, for as in Adam, all die. That's the bad news. In Adam, all of us die. But listen to the good news. So also in Christ shall all be made alive. None of us are getting out of here alive. Unless you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Then everlasting life is yours for eternity. So this pandemic has caused many people to consider the reality of death. But listen, those who have been brought by God to trust in Jesus, to trust in Jesus as the resurrected Savior, need not fear death. There's no need for you to fear death today. Did you know that many believers have declared this reality over the centuries? This reality that to live is Christ, to live today is Christ, and to die is what? 
To die is actually a gain. We win if we live today or if we die today. If we have Jesus, we have all that we need. How can you say that? I can say today that if I live, I win because I'm in Christ. Because today Jesus is in me and I am in him. But if I die today, that's the greatest gain that I can experience. So today I live. I live with confidence. I don't live with confidence in myself. I live with confidence in Jesus. And I die with confidence. Because I know that Jesus is risen and because I know that I share in his resurrection. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And therefore I too and you too are raised. So what should my response be today? If you're not trusting in Jesus today, today is the day. Today is the day to trust in him. Today is the day to repent and to believe the good news of the gospel. The message Jesus proclaimed was a message of repentance. What does it mean to repent? To repent means to change your mind. To change your mind about, about who you are. To come to, to confess that you are a sinner. And then to change your mind about who Jesus is. That he is the one who died for you and was raised for you. That's what it means to repent. To repent is to be converted from an unbeliever into a believer. To repent is to change your mind about sin. To admit your sin. That it separates you from God. And to turn to Jesus in faith believing. To turn to Jesus and to look to him. And to know that in him there is great love. When Jesus looks to you, he looks to you in love. You see, even after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, his followers could still see his scars. They could see the scars on his hands and in his side. I often wondered, why did those scars remain? I believe it's because those scars say to you and to I, to myself and to the whole world that Jesus loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you so much that he was willing to go to the cross for you. So because Jesus is indeed risen, you can know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That he is your savior from the consequences of your sins. And that he is the one who gives you his victory over death. So I ask today, will you repent and believe this good news? Will you trust in Jesus? Maybe you've drifted away from Jesus. Maybe you've gone a long way from him today. Today is the day to return to the Lord. To return to him. To believe in him. And to trust in him again. Let us pray. Lord, we come before you. We thank you today for your word. We thank you that in your word there is truth. There is truth that gives life. And so help us, Heavenly Father, today to focus our attention upon Jesus and to lay our lives before him with complete honesty and humility. 
and to say, Lord, come in and be my Savior. Something that I need to do and something that each and every one of us need to do today is to be brought by your Holy Spirit to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ alone. So, Lord, we ask that you would do that in our hearts today. It's in your name we pray. Amen.